Just about two months into the calendar year, it's time for an increasingly popular stop on the global T20 caravan. Now, this time the Pakistan Super League is well and truly back in Pakistan. And uh, this isn't just another year because it's the start of a period with two World Cups to be played within a span of 20 or so months. This is the latest Stump Mike podcast. I am Srinath Shripath and uh, joining me to talk us through the PSL and look ahead to the pack calendar is uh, Daniel Rasul, who covers Pakistan cricket for ESPN Cricket Info. Welcome back on board, Daniel. Hi, nice to be back. Yep, likewise. Good to have you. And uh, what's the T20 podcast episode without Gaurav Sundaraman in the mix? Not too many things in the T20 world uh, passed by without his notice. Uh, Gaurav, how are you doing? I'm doing great and a big T20 year ahead of us. Yeah, it is quite an exciting time uh, in terms of the shortest format. There's a lot to get through. Uh, Daniel, uh, there's pretty much only one place to start this. For the first time uh, in its history, in its growing history, the PSL is going to be fully played in Pakistan. You are based out of Lahore. What's the mood uh, on the ground like? Is it kind of expected to be the year when the broadcast takes and the commercial value kind of goes skyrocketing for this league? Hey, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the theory. Um, the only uh, slightly odd thing is when people thought this would happen, um, they expected this to be the marquee event where the PSL would usher in an era where international cricket became the norm in Pakistan. And the odd thing is international cricket has actually preceded the PSL becoming a regular feature in the country because this year Pakistan have actually enjoyed a full home season. They've had Sri Lanka over over two legs, they've had Bangladesh over for two legs and then a third one, the MCC came. And then on top of that now, we have the PSL almost at the, as, at the tail end of the season. And I, I think there's a risk that People might become jaded to a lot of cricket happening in the country, but it's important to remember that this is still huge for the PSL. Remember last year, not only did we only have eight games of the PSL in Pakistan, only one city was able to host uh, the cricket at all. We were supposed to have Lahore and then political tensions came in. But so for this PSL to be played across four cities and for at least a few teams, uh, home and away um, fixtures to become the norm, I think that's quite a big deal and it's an exciting development. Yeah, it is, it is. And like we just began, uh, Gaurav, we're less than eight months off World T20. It's the first time in four years. The interesting thing which we've mentioned at various times on this podcast in the past is about how Pakistan's entire time at uh, the number one spot in the T20 rankings have been spent in a period when we've had the longest gap between two World T20s over four years. The last time it happened was in 2016, right? So uh, how do you think uh, the stakes are going to be not just for Pakistani players, but for for people playing these leagues who are always in and around uh, selection contention for their national teams? Uh, how do you expect this to pan out? I think it's massive. And one key factor, uh, I guess Daniel will be a better person to answer this, but I think one key uh, question would be the Pakistan pitches. Uh, uh, how well is going to play? Is it going to be batting friendly? Is it going to be good for stroke play? Because that's going to be very important. If you're going to have really tough pitches for batting, and then, uh, you know, a good batsman may not be able to come out... Uh, as a talent for the World T20. So it's not only for Pakistan, it's for a lot of players. Uh, this tournament is very important because uh, nowadays most of the selection happens to leagues and not to T20Is. So these leagues actually play a big role. You play spin well, whether you're the opener, which position you bat. I think those are things which are very key. For example, if somebody is batting uh, at number three for the franchise, but they have to open or bat at number six for the country, uh, how are they going to deal with it? Uh, would they ask the franchise to push them up or push them down based on the role? So these are things which uh, are going to be, uh, I'm very curious to watch both from PSL and the IPL. 
Daniel, uh, before you kind of pitch in, I have uh, two small <laughs> points to bother you about. Basically, one is about how uh, Pakistan's pitches generally tend to be. The theory is that they might be higher scoring than what you see in in the Emirates, uh, in in the likes of Abu Dhabi and Dubai, and sometimes the boundaries might be smaller as well. Secondly, uh, in a World Cup year for Pakistan, it is probably a very unique case that. Guys in their late 30s, I'm thinking of the likes of Mohammad Hafiz and Shoaib Malik. The point Gaurav mentioned is really, really pertinent when you kind of think about it like that. How much will they be pushing their franchises to make sure that they garner as much of the limelight, at least in the early stages of the tournament, promotions up the order, opportunities to bowl, etc., etc. How do you see that panning out uh, for Pakistan's top cricketers? I think uh, you've been slightly generous with when you describe them as uh, in their late 30s, but I guess we'll stick with the official version. Um, uh, let me deal with your first point um, first. Yeah, so the pitches in Pakistan, yes, the perception is that these are expected to be high scoring. And if you look at... Um, the last year, when the last eight matches, they were all held in Karachi. Uh, but you can see that there was a clear um, increase in the scoring rate. So the first match we held here, looking at the scorecard, 238 Islamabad, 189 Lahore. Next game, 190 players, 189. And then two more games that away teams score more than 200 runs. And in the entirety of the UAE, like there was just one game where teams exceeded 185, I believe, if I'm not wrong. So, yes. Pitches are expected to play a lot better here. The, the counter to that would be that the um, two games against Bangladesh and Lahore that were played in fairly cool, slightly miserable, damp conditions. Um, they were quite low scoring. They were fairly dull. Maybe Bangladesh batted first and didn't give the best account of themselves, so they didn't help themselves either. But then the groundsman, I spoke to a local journalist in Pindi who said that the groundsman expects belters um, in Islamabad, in Pindi at least. And there's the same feeling in Lahore and the evidence suggests that that should persist in Karachi as well. So uh, these should be high scoring games, which is more in tune with how we should expect the World T20 in Australia to be. And sorry, what was your second question? But Malik and Hafiz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, Hafiz, uh, if you're keeping track, is uh, now can now bowl again. He was cleared once more. So uh, I think in uh, personally, I think um, if he doesn't bowl, it's really hard to justify his place in the side in the international in the Pakistan side. So that's uh, that's quite important for him. With Malik, um, I'm not sure. Malik doesn't have the best record in Australia, and the feeling is that while he's in the team. He's in the team as a bit of a placeholder and might not make the Australia series because when he went to England for the World Cup, for the 50 over World Cup, that was a bit controversial and he didn't do so well there. Um, remember, of course, that Safraz Ahmed is also um, uh, trying to essentially make the squad for the World T20 and this is his last shot at it because people thought it was slightly harsh for him to be stripped of the T20 captaincy because this is the format where he led them to number one. So a lot of senior players fighting for very few places. The other point I would like to just uh, bring about, especially with respect to the overseas players, uh, both Daniel and Srinath, I see so many Englishmen. Suddenly, uh, four, three, four years ago, this was not not part of any um, league. They, they, were, they were supposed to focus on test cricket, ODI cricket. And suddenly, the last three, two, three years, it's been uh, too many English cricketers. All new cricketers have, like Tom Banton has decided to play. What's happening there? Is it because of the fact that they are very good, they're world champions in the ODI format, they're really good in the T20 format, or do they just want to up their skills? Uh, I see so many Englishmen in each squad. 
Yeah, I think um, they've become the flavor of the month over the past um, few, uh, over the past couple of years. I'm not terribly sure how um, much of an increase in Englishmen you've seen in the IPL, because as you're right, initially um, England wasn't considered especially fertile breeding ground for T20 domestic competition players, but the Multan Sultans, I know they've gone heavy on English players. They weren't quite heavy last year as well. And yeah, um, England have changed their attitude to limited overs cricket, white ball cricket completely as well. And I think that's the major factor. Obviously not related to cricket, but doesn't Jason Roy have a, a contract with a Lahore-based telephone company? Doesn't he visit Pakistan for shoots and stuff outside of uh, cricketing commitments? I don't know how often he's visited. He's definitely visited a couple of times uh, for Zong, uh, which is te- which is a Chinese um, company. But yes, it's um, it uh, began operations in Pakistan a few years ago, and it's very successful. And yes, I, I understand that they paid huge amounts of money for Jason Roy to be here. And yeah, you see him in commercials all the time with Yunus Khan. And um, yeah, um, mm. that's that's true. Um, I'm not sure it's Lahore based per se, but yeah, it's 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 pretty big in Pakistan, and so is Jason Roy now. That's quite uh, interesting because, you know, even a year ago, he wasn't the biggest English name on offer, but that's certainly an interesting development. Gaurav, uh, coming back to the cricket itself, uh, Multan Sultan's Daniel brought up. So just going a little deeper into the teams, I believe Multan Sultan's kind of openly advertised that they'll pick players only based on analytics and they've backed that up with... uh, the likes of Andy Flower and Nathan Lehman, who is uh, England's performance analyst, uh, who is part of the coaching staff. Do you see uh, the PSL as being kind of a, uh, among the leaders in this? Because uh, Islamabad United are quite heavy on analytics too, from what we know. Yeah, absolutely. They did agree that during the draft as well. And uh, I think they made Shan Masood the captain who's a big lover of data. So that's very important and vital in any T20 franchise. The captain doesn't buy into these things. It's very hard to implement them on the field. The kind of players they've picked in Fabian Allen, Ravi Bopara, James Wins, Moeen Ali. These these are surely uh, a very good T20 data picks. And I, I saw an interview of with the owner recently where he said that the reason they wanted to do this is wanted to remove a lot of bias so uh, they felt that a lot of um, bias is there in picking teams which is absolutely great and I'm uh, I'm I'm very happy that a team has gone this route but having said that whether it's successful or not uh, I don't know but they picked the right squad and now they have to put the batting order the pitchers things together and then uh, it should fall in place but uh, I think it's uh, good that some franchise is doing this. If it works well, it might spread across uh, other leagues as well. Hmm. Goro's obviously happy because it's kind of his stock and trade uh, an- analysis in T20 analytics and uh, picking players based on pure merit and stats. Daniel, uh, one interesting thing that you mentioned in your preview of the Sultans is about how they've not really had great success so far uh, in the short time that they've been part of the tournament. Uh, uh, but the hype is kind of real, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. I, I think it's partially driven by uh, the owner, who I know quite well. He's a very nice guy and he's absolutely cricket mad. But the thing is, um, this time he's made it, um, as God have said, he's made it clear that he wanted to pick players based on data. He's been saying this for months. And um, he's he's from that province and he wants um, uh, to give that province, province more exposure as well. He had a few journalists over and um, I think the cricketer wrote a few um, uh, articles out of that. So, yes, um, the owner wants to do this. The only question I had here was he is uh, placing a lot of faith in a number of young players who have are young, young local players who haven't quite been proven at this level just yet. So um, he's obviously he obviously knows those players more than we do. 
Um, and if they perform, then yes, they can be very exciting. But for example, players like Rohail Nazir, he's uh, considered one of the leading young players in Pakistan right now. And I know Pakistan have a history of fluffing this up, but if they don't, they have a very good talent in Rohail in the future as well. The only question I had was um, Sean Masood, again, I'm a big fan of his and very, very intelligent, knows his cricket. But do you sometimes worry, Gaurav, that um, um, while he's creating test match in red ball cricket, um, he doesn't quite have the sort of T20 record that would justify him being captain of a franchise? I agree with you totally. So for, for that's one of the big problems in other leagues as well. When your captain does not perform, you kind of get into a, a big problem during the tournament. So there will be pressure on Shan Masood and maybe he might be the only guy who will be the uh, a person who bats through the innings, who rotates the strike. And I think everybody around him will look to hit all the time. That's what I uh, see from that squad because I don't see um, uh, Shan Masood uh, surviving if he has to start hitting from ball one. Uh, I think the target would be to uh, make sure he bats through the innings and that way he puts on uh, a decent uh, score where uh, where everybody else tries to hit from ball one. That's the role I see for Shan Masood. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, you don't want a free captaining or you don't want an uh, uh, overseas player captaining. So you don't have too many options also in that squad uh, for a, pot- a potential captain, which is why I think uh, they've uh, gone for Shan Masood, which is, I think, um, uh, the uh, OK move. I think that's fair enough. The one massive thing for Sultans clearly was that Moin Ali looks like is going to be available for the whole of the PSL. And that's huge for them because they went big on him. They, he was their platinum pick. And um, for a while, it looked like he might go to Sri Lanka and then effectively miss the PSL. And um, I'm not sure how you can plug that gap anywhere in the world right now. So that's big for them. Yeah, Moin, of course, is among uh, a bunch of star Englishmen uh, in the fray. We'll quickly make our way up the PSL table. But... Uh, the two sides, the two kind of rival cities in Pakistan, Lahore Kalandars and Karachi Kings, uh, Daniel, uh, not too much different in their histories. Of course, Lahore have, have a rock bottom record among all the teams that are in the fray. Have tried all sorts of things. They've tried everything from A.B. De Villiers to uh, Chris Lynn, Chris Gale as well. All kinds of superstars in the past and nothing's really come off for them over the years. They've pretty much exhausted most uh, reliable options in the T20 world. Yeah, um, basically they're kryptonite for good T20 players. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know why, um, any player that comes to Lahore leaves with their reputation slightly damaged, but that's, that has happened to, uh, Chris Lynn. They selected one year. He got injured, as you said. Chris Gale didn't work. AB de Villiers didn't quite work. Brendan McCullum a couple of years didn't work. But then it's not just about the first platinum pick. They used to get that pick because they finished bottom every season. Um, but it's not just that. Um, they've never quite assembled a squad, I feel, um, that has that sort of strength and depth that can get you through a season. And uh, they are doing a lot of good things. Um, they play development programs throughout the country. Um, it's basically through the generosity of their owner, who is still immensely popular. And we have potentially uh, our first proper superstar through that entire roof. But even this year, I'm not, I'm not convinced by this squad. Let's see what the local players throw up. But I'm not sure Suhail Akhtar is the sort of captain who can basically spearhead a PSL franchise across China. Afid is good, but Mohammed Afiz again. Um, Fakhar Zaman's star has been fading for a while now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I still, I'm not quite convinced by Lahore Kalandas this year either. 
Then yeah. also my doubt having seen that squad uh, Lahore Kalender so do you see a guy like Mohammed Afiz actually taking most of the decisions as a, a thinking uh, more like a mentor is that culture there in uh, Pakistan where Sohail would be like oh Afiz is a senior player i think we need to listen to him he'll constantly give his inputs he might come into bowl because i don't see that squad having too many um, uh, match winners there and yeah you have Harris Raf and Dilbar but we don't know how, how they will go uh, this season and in pakistan pitches so do you think hafiz would actually end up playing a bigger role there i think there's no question and this is where sohail akhtar's captaincy slightly baffles me because this isn't a young player who um maybe one day is going to be a big star he's not like rohail nazir he's 34 years old and in my opinion he'll never play for pakistan so this is this isn't something this is his biggest gig and when you're in a team that includes people like mohammad afiz um Fakhar Zaman and you know people like Chris Lynn and other international stars. I don't see how you can have the confidence to take those sorts of decisions. He's not. Uh, I, one thing that I will say about him was last year, among uncapped Pakistan players, he was the highest scoring batsman. I think he scored 170 odd runs, and that was the highest amongst uncapped Pakistan players across right across the PSL. So if he can build on that, then he can maybe um, uh, develop an aura of himself, of his own, and develop the sort of confidence to take decisions. But when you're in a team that also has Muhammad Afiz, um, I I wonder about how many decisions you're taking. <laughs> I I just love the the cautious barbs and still not sounding like you're holding back at all, uh, Daniel. Uh, I have, uh, <laughs> have to be careful in Pakistan. <laughs> so uh, my my next uh, sort of big talking point, arguably the biggest talk, biggest talking point in Pakistan cricket, uh, is the story of Babar Azam. Uh, one would assume seeing the way he's dominated t20s in the last year and a half i would even say the last couple of years you would assume that he's had great runs in the psl which is unfortunately not true so far he's not shown in his home domestic t20 tournament uh, which you would kind of expect a player like him to dominate he's the number one t20 batsman in the world uh, he has pretty much conquered the t20 blast last year where he was comfortably the highest scorer despite leaving i think 3/4 of the way through the tournament uh, interesting daniel to see that he's not leading the karachi kings and yet leading the pakistan side uh, imad wasim is captaining them uh, yes i understand that um, he was offered the captaincy and um, he wasn't keen he was happy to uh, remain vice captain and ha- let imad have the captaincy i understand that that's how it worked which um, if if it's true then it's uh, in my opinion that's quite mature of him because you don't want to be wearing too many hats at the same time he's been uh, arguably appointed captain of pakistan a little too early and he's still learning about the game and he's such a fantastic batsman you don't want anything to spoil that you are right about the fact that he hasn't quite lit up the psl the way you'd expect he's been decent every year i think the last 3 years he's finished in the top 10 top 12 run getters but Babar Azam in the PSL shouldn't be in the top 10 and the top 12. He should be in the top 3, maybe the top 1 every time. And uh, the fact that and how he played in the blast um, uh, justifies that. So I and the form that he comes in, I don't see how it's not going to happen for him this year, especially because I think this is a fan uh, Karachi have the best squad of any side in the league. I think this is a fantastic Karachi squad and um uh, when I was doing the preview for them and I was looking at weaknesses and I really had to stretch I'm I'm not sure they have too many weaknesses if they perform to their potential then um uh, as much as it pains me as a lawyer to say I think they have a good chance of lifting the trophy <laughs> <laughs> interestingly they have Mohammad Amir and Shahjil Khan just putting it out there 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think that's best left unsaid. Gaurav, uh, on top of all the controversy and uh, masala, as you'd say, <laughs> as always, a uh, quick couple of questions because you were quite well connected, I'd say, around the T20 franchise world. Um, we're seeing the likes of Haris Roff, uh, who plays for the Kalandars, who are not the most, probably the least successful franchise in the tournament. But he's had a great sort of run in the Big Bash. He's found himself in the Pakistan squad as a result of that. There is, of course, Babar, who has dominated the T20 Blast. Are these kind of really, really early signs? Of course, there's Imad Basim, who's gone to the CPL, etc., are these really early signs of a league whose stars are starting to make a name for themselves outside their home country? Because that is a great thing for a country like Pakistan because they don't play in the IPL, which is the biggest league around in the sense in terms of exposure and stuff. Is, is that a is that a really good thing for them uh, just four or five years into the tournament? Yes, uh, at least for Pakistan it is. I can't maybe say the same for a lot of other teams. But uh, right now if you see most of the leagues, it is uh, very few countries dominate them in terms of uh, overseas recruits. So this is a good sign that uh, Australia, especially Big Bash, invested on uh, these guys and they actually did well. Uh, at least Harris did uh, extremely well. And they always bring an element of surprise. So, you know, uh, that's some uh, a key element in T20 cricket where a lot of teams and franchise uh, coaches want to have that X factor and that surprise in every uh, every year and every league. So, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know about Babar Azam in, uh, for Somerset. I don't know if that was that much of a surprise uh, He did because he's a, a top player and he was expected to perform. But Harris Ruff with his pace, his kiddie pace and the bouncers he bowled, maybe suddenly uh, took a lot of batsmen um of their plan. So I think that worked well. And once you have that uh, kind of momentum, and you know, we've spoken about this a lot of times, T20 leagues especially is uh, highly driven on momentum. Somebody who starts well usually ends up do- continuing to do well that particular season. And somebody who does badly uh, just does not manage to uh, get that confidence. You look at any league for that matter. So the first two, three games kind of uh, define who uh, is likely to uh, perform uh, consistently for each franchise. So, uh, so yes, Harrisov had a good start and that ended up uh, him doing well. Same with Babar Azam. So it's great for Pakistan cricket and I would like to see more and more uh, talent uh, being picked up by these leagues. Like Daniel said, a lot of youngsters uh, we are looking forward to. It's ultimately the Pakistan Super League. So we want to see uh, really good uh, Pakistan youngsters come and challenge the uh, seniors and uh, hopefully have uh, uh, the guys who are in the excess of 40s or late 30s to uh, uh, step out. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to uh, the age factor later on uh, because uh, we all know that Shahid Afridi announced Shan Masood as the captain before the owners could. So there is all that headlining that's coming up later on uh, on this podcast. Uh, Daniel, uh, interestingly... Uh, I'm looking at the likes of Mohammad Hasnain and uh, Naseem Shah, who are again two young, really fast, uh, kind of really exciting talent uh, in terms of the Pakistan production line of fast bowlers. These guys were virtual unknowns when they starred in the PSL uh, back last year, Hasnain more than Naseem, uh, but now they've kind of gone on to make a name for themselves on the international stage. Both of them have international hat-tricks and they're kind of the rising stars up in in uh, international cricket for Pakistan. How do you see the tournament as as much as we like it to be a 
a kind of learning curve for youngsters. Teams look at winning the tournament all the time. How do you see young talent shaping up like those two and who are the guys you are watching out for this year? Uh, until you said it, I'd forgotten that Hasnain has an international hat-trick. That's quite impressive. The thing about Hasnain is, though, um, I think he... Uh, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but maybe he was rushed in a bit too early because I don't think, think we've seen the best of Hasnain at international level. And uh, it wasn't un- until this Bangladesh series that he was actually part of uh, a side that won a game. He had lost eight or nine in a row um, uh, with Pakistan. Uh, I w- the PSL, I think, um, I-, I expect him to do just as well as he did last year, maybe arguably even better, because uh, this is where um, the pressure's kind of off. You get the sort of uh, support um, in, at a franchise, especially at a good franchise like Quetta, that maybe you might not get uh, at international level. But um, the thing about uh, who I'm looking forward uh, to watching, one thing, one thing about that is um, you have to split this into bowlers and batsmen. So last year, for example, I, I let me pull out these numbers. So last year, um, the top ten wicket takers at the PSL, the top nine were all Pakistanis, and the tenth was Sandeep Lamechane. So it's ex- almost exclusively Pakistanis. But when you look at who scored the most uh, runs uh, in the BSL, uh, you look at the top four, you have Shane Watson, Kamran Akmal, Cameron Delport, Colin Ingram. So basically, this is a concentration of international um, international batting prowess. And what the franchises tend to do is they stock up on batsmen at the, in the top four, top five. Islamabad United have done this very well with Brad Hayden and Russell and Chadwick Walton and Luke Kroenke. And then they leave the bowling to um, uh, local players who do very well. So I think once again, I suspect this is what we might see. A lot of local bowlers doing especially well. I'm looking forward to Omar Khan in particular. But with the batting, I still suspect it's going to be um, foreign players who are carrying the can for the most part. Daniel, how is spin and express fast bowling, 140 plus fast bowling uh, looked at in the PSL? Uh, Like if you look at the IPL, 140 plus fast bowlers usually don't do well. Uh, Very few people actually are consistent and uh, they actually go uh, get hit on the park, the shorter boundaries, a lot of just cuts go for sixers. I've seen a lot of fast bowlers struggling and... uh, it's funny they get paid also quite a lot but uh, leg spinners do really well in um, the IPL how is it in the uh, PSL will pitches uh, suit these spinners and fa- or is it fast bowling all the way um uh, no i think pitches will definitely help spinners i still think there's an inherent bias against uh, under bowling spinners especially in the later overs i feel i think maybe it's human nature if it's a high scoring game you tend to hold back on spinners but um recently fast bowlers haven't done too badly in the psl when you compare it to the ipl wahab Riaz generally does well even if he struggles internationally hasnan actually rose from the psl harris rove initially rose from the psl um but this year with the whole league in Pakistan, maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm not as sure. It'll be interesting to see. With regards to spinners, I have no doubt that leg spinners in particular, good leg spinners will continue to be successful. This is where Shadab Khan has made his name. This is where Lamech Chan has done well. And, um, Omar Khan isn't a leg spinner, but he's probably the spinner that I'm looking forward to seeing most because, um, he made a name for himself. He, I think he has fantastic control under pressure when bowling to big players. I, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I think he dismissed A.B. de Villiers and um, a, f- a few other big names at, uh, at critical junctures in matches. So maybe uh, I, I still think that uh, leg spinners and spinners in general are con- going to continue to get support. Whether Express Space gets the support in high- on high-scoring pitches in Pakistan or not, I think the jury is still out. Any, this- any young spinner um, uh, to watch out for apart from the usual suspects? 
So yeah, um, one the one like I said, I I'm looking forward most of all to um, uh, Omar Khan. I think I think he's good. I also think, um, to be fair, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Shadar does, who's captain of uh, Islamabad now, and he has, if you look at his numbers recently, he has struggled internationally, and this is for me, this is a big tournament for him, especially ahead of um, um, ahead of the World T20 at the end of this year because. Uh, Pakistan brought in, uh, out of nowhere, Pakistan brought in uh, Usman Kader as, um, maybe as a backup to Shadab. And that they wouldn't have done, uh, sort of doing a year ago because Shadab was doing so well. So I, I think it might be interesting to watch him as well. Usama Mir is another one for Karachi Kings leg spinner. A couple of years ago, he did decently at the PSL and since then he's sort of fallen away, but he looks better now. And, uh, Usama Mir for Karachi is another one I think that we should look out for. We are forgetting, of course, the veteran Imran Tahir, who has been signed up by Multan Sultans. Uh, I believe he should be available throughout the tournament, uh, Daniel. Uh, yes, yes, he should. Um, he was, um, I'm, I forgot the reason why, but he was sort of left down till the end as a supplementary player. I think there were initially doubts about his availability, but then Multan snapped him up. And yeah, it's it's a good bit of business, especially because they also have Usman Kader, who... Um, has, I think, family connections to Imran Tahir and he calls him his elder brother. And uh, if Imran plays alongside him, it should be good for his development. Shane, do you know whom I'm looking forward to the most? Two players? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Shane Watson and Imran Tahir. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. They have a bigger tournament coming up in April, May and they have absolutely no cricket uh, played for the last eight months. This is usually Shane Watson's practice before the IPL. Last year also he had a cracker of a season. I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he uh, holds up after hitting that six against Wasim Akram, I think, in uh, the uh, bushfire game. Yeah, yeah. He was belting uh, Akram in the second over, I think, of that 10-over game. Uh, Watson uh, and Tahir, in case you haven't figured, are part of Chennai Super Kings, who happen to be uh, Gaurav's favourite team, which is quite an understatement to make. Coming back uh, to the PSL itself, uh, Daniel, two teams to kind of get through for us, one of them being Peshawar Zalmi. Uh, It's interesting that we were speaking about Chennai Super Kings just before this, because Peshawar Zalmi, just like CSK, have a lot of players who are, again, in their late 30s, uh, uh, I will put, put an asterisk next to that, uh, Daniel. So, uh, they've kind of managed this whole experienced sort of aging squad thing more than, better than any other franchise in the, in the PSL, arguably. Uh, just a quick look at the names, uh, tells you that there's Darren Sami, there's Shoaib Malik, Kamran Akmal, who's not really getting any younger, there's Wahab Riaz, and that's quite a few names who are kind of in the later stages of their career. But uh, what's made them tick so far, Daniel, in the sense that they've they've kind of been probably the most consistent team in the tournament? So, first of all, obviously, um, uh, Zalmi, uh, another similarity that Zalmi and Chennai Super Kings have is they wear yellow. The one difference, however, is that Zalmi so far haven't missed any seasons of uh, this tournament for any reason whatsoever. The, uh, the thing about um, Peshawar is um, they, the stats would suggest that they shouldn't be doing as well as they are because... Uh, they have uh, a group of players who Pakistan even have mo- had moved on from and West Indies had moved on from Sami, who seems to be perpetually injured now. If you look at the uh, run charts across the PSL as history, then Kamran Akmal has scored more runs than any other than any other player across the PSL. He's no one is within 170 runs of him. Wahab Riaz doesn't do well at uh, internationally too much anymore, but the top two wicket takers, Wahab Riaz and Hassan Ali, 
um, at the PSL. Of the four years um, the PSL has been played, Peshawar have reached the final three times. Of the four years the PSL has been played, Peshawar have topped the table, uh, the group stage table three times. They have the they, 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 the one thing that I keep coming back to is I think they have the most consistent squad in a league that generally likes to change quite a bit. Um, are they a, a number of players have only played for Peshawar. There's, um, for example, um, a list of players. Hassan, Hassan, yes, obviously. Then they have Sami and Kamran Akmal. And I think maybe that this, and until this year, Chris Jordan, who I think is going to be a big miss for them. So I think uh, it's just this team spirit and togetherness where um, this is a team that always, to me, looks happy and looks committed. I've never looked at a Peshawar game and thought they could have, they haven't maybe given their best today. And but a lot of that credit has to go down to Darren Sammy, but also to a team that to me always looks like they're enjoying their cricket. Yeah, what you said is a very pertinent point that we keep talking about in other leagues as well in terms of the the consistency of selection and the squad and players who who kind of been one club players in a tournament, which is just quite a thing considering how much chopping and changing happens in these leagues. Uh, uh, there's no other place to end this podcast but uh, the story of Ms. Baulhaq and his return to Islamabad United Colours. Uh, if I'm not wrong, they had a little bit of a tussle last year when he was let go. He wanted to play, they wanted him to coach. Now he's the Pakistan coach, he's back on home turf. Uh, they are, again, uh, a side that has lifted two titles. And uh, before we get to Ms. Baulhaq, they have picked uh, Dale Stain, which is something of a risk these days, given his injury record and his lack of availability. How do you see that panning out? Because... Uh, a, a fast bowler like him bowling on Pakistani tracks uh, is, is in theory an exciting prospect. Yeah, and uh, obviously PSL, the kind of options you have uh, is also limited. So I'm sure Dale Stain is an experienced name and um, he's developed this slow ball uh, of late, which was fairly uh, successful in the uh, England T20s. I think he's playing against Australia first, so I'm not sure how many matches he'll miss. But uh, Stain is, uh, is, see, it's again experience and it's Dale Stain. So uh, just think of a, a young Pakistan batsman actually batting against Dale Stain. You know, those are uh, factors which works in leagues and may not work in an international setup. I always tell like sometimes the experience uh, of a particular bowler against a youngster, a brand new rookie Pakistan player who look at Stain as if uh, he's a, I know he's a legend, but when you play him, you don't look at bowlers like that. You play the ball and not the reputation, but and they end up playing the reputation. In his case, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you can call that. He does play like a rookie against Dale Stain. So sometimes it helps having players like uh, Stain in these leagues because he might actually get those early wickets and gets in the death purely on reputation. So uh, it'd be exciting to see, but again, how much uh, uh, he's available and how much he plays. Uh, uh, we don't know if you miss the initial part of the tournament and then uh, if you have a team which is doing well, whether you want to change it and bring Stain back, I don't know. And I just want to make one uh, small point on uh, Peshawar. The fact that if you see that team, they have four uh, international captains and not many teams can boast of that. They have Darren Sami, Shoaib Malik, Kairan Pollard and uh, Carlos Brathwaite. Mm, that's that's fair. Um, I, I just want to add to what you said about Dale Stain. I agree with everything you're saying. The only thing is I would actually go further and say I was a little surprised by um, Islam by choosing him as their platinum pick because like I said, most teams select power-hitting batsmen because that's where Pakistan lacks proper talent. And I think you can make up for that in bowlers, but then if you use up one of your slots with Dale Stain, that limits the number of uh, in, uh, foreign batsmen you can play. And I think maybe, I might be pro- proven wrong, but maybe 
that isn't the best way to business from Islamabad. But I just wanted to see what you think of that, Gaurav. Yeah, I agree with you. But it could be because of old school uh, coaching thinking, you know, that happens a lot with really uh, uh, big players. If Mizbah is closely involved uh, in the uh, team selection and uh, in drafting and when you see such big names, you know, uh, the old school thinking is to go for uh, reputation-based picks and that happens very often. And I think it's very hard to obviously change a legend's thought process and you don't want to uh, do that as well. So it might be his pick uh, uh, after all. Hmm. Daniel, uh, just quickly on Misbah, uh, the other thing I kind of had in mind is have they picked their squad, uh, the the coaching staff, and we know a couple of... Friends of the pod, uh, Hassan and uh, uh, Rehan himself, they're part of the, uh, the the backroom staff and they're big on analytics, etc. Have they picked the squad this time, keeping in mind that they're going to be playing in Pakistan? And if I'm not wrong, Pindi is going to be their home ground of sorts? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think I think that's played a huge part in how they've made their picks. And um, one thing that uh, Hassan always says, and I find this interesting, is that he says... Um, when they had Misbah, the services of Misbah were invaluable in judging and assessing the pitch. And he says that when he left for Peshawar, that was a big loss. So that, that's the sort of thinking that apparently they couldn't get from anyone else. So now that they have his services back, remember that uh, Islamabad have won two of three PSLs when Misbah was there. So um, whatever they're doing, they're, um, they're not going by gut instinct. They're going by hard facts, hard analytics. So in that sense, even if I have doubt about Islamabad, their record shows that they are properly capable of proving me wrong. And uh, a great point made by uh, Hassan to Daniel because that uh, reading of pitch is what makes Dhoni also one of the most successful captains in uh, uh, T20 and ODI cricket. It's a very hard uh, uh, science. I've seen so many people come up with pitch uh, analysis and uh, come up with some uh, theories, but a lot of most of the time it's wrong. And you know, uh, judging that pass score. Uh, when you bat first to know exactly what you should look at and not look at sometimes people go for 200, 220 and fall way short and whereas these maybe uh, like Daniel says Misbah is really good at that uh, then uh, uh, it's a great skill to have Yeah, in which case it kind of justifies everything you do at a draft and kind of pick players Uh, personally the most uh, exciting or the new thing in this year's PSL is how for me the crowds kind of turn up to watch players play in a T20 league, which is kind of on par in terms of the global talent that, is, that it attracts. So I'm kind of looking forward to how the league goes in uh, Pakistan. Now, on that note, uh, thanks to both of you, Daniel and uh, Gora, for your time. I'm not going to ask you for predictions, except Daniel, uh, do you think the Kalandas will make it uh, out of the bottom two this time? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So much hope and optimism for a home side from Daniel. Uh, thanks for your time, man. Uh, yeah, uh, pleasure. It was great fun to be on. Gaurav, uh, thanks a lot. Can I still make one prediction? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very uh, curious to see how Tom Banton goes. And I think he would, uh, the hype he's getting, I think he will end up uh, being one of the leading run, run getters. Though I uh, secretly wish it Shane Watson. Hmm, Shane Watson still... Uh, getting all that's the attention yeah. yeah that's so that's yeah it's based on historic success that watson has had in these leagues uh, that's all we have time for in this episode of stump mike or uh, thanks to your listener for your time uh, and in joining us in this special psl preview uh, edition of uh, stump mike uh, look forward to your company next time thank you